Melanie. How are you? Good, how are you today? Good. Meet Coach Nick. Nice to meet you, Nick. Nice to meet you, Melanie. Excited to have you on. Gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to hear um, more about your story. You and I have connected a bit leading up to this, and uh, I think it's something that needs to be shared. And it was I was really fascinated by it. So let, don't let me take the spotlight. You take it away. Well, uh, I'm not sure where you want me to begin. <laughs> um, I... <Yeah. laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm a professional grant seeker. It's a second career for me. Um, I originally, when I first graduated from high school and entered college, I was a music performance major with an English minor. Um, I, for a lot of reasons, I didn't finish at that time. Um, sometime later, I was working in a law office and an attorney offered me an opportunity to return to school. He said that he would um, be willing to pay for courses um, that were related to my work in his office. So I, um, at that time, um, returned to school um, at UB for paralegal studies and got a paralegal certification. Um, I was in law offices for a number of years um, and it was never really a comfortable fit for me. Um, and most of the time that I was working in law offices, I was looking for a way to get out of law offices. <laughs> And finally, um, just a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity to return to school, finished my degree in English with a um, concentration in professional and technical writing. I had also um, received my grant writer certification from the American Grant Writers Association. And just this uh, little bit over a year ago, I um, formed an LLC and started my own company. <laughs> So, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So tell us more about that, because that, that's what intrigued me, I think, maybe the most during our conversations is that you've fallen into something you're really passionate about. And that's what Truth Seekers is all, all about. So tell us more about that, if you could. Um, well, I have always loved um, reading and research and writing. And um, the work that I do now is very detail-oriented, a lot of research, a lot of writing, but it's also, um, I get to work with a lot of organizations that do amazing stuff. And I love the work that they do. And I love that I get to be a part of it and help them. My, um, my mission statement is I help nonprofit organizations the world over make the world a better place. Um, and I really feel like I do that because I find them the funding that they need to um, do great stuff. One of my favorite organizations that I work for is um, an organization that promotes arts access in Puerto Rico, and they um, the they and they have a annual festival. Now they're they've grown to a point where it's more than once a year. They're visiting Puerto Rico several times throughout the year. But um, what they do is they pull together musicians from all over the world. And they converge on Puerto Rico and they um, provide master classes and outreach events and concerts free for underserved areas of Puerto Rico, travel around the island for two, three weeks at a time and hold concerts in um, 
some pretty unusual venues and it's just um, an amazing um, program. I go with them because I also do their program evaluation. So it's a lot of fun. People probably think grant writing is a little boring, but I find it very interesting and I get to go places. <laughs> so I have another client that um, is in South Africa and um, they're primary mission is saving the world's rhino population and as soon wow. as as soon as covid permits i'm going to go to south africa and help them dehorn a rhino <laughs> pretty excited about that <laughs> it's so cool and this is one of the principles principles we talk about all the time on the show and i'd like to get coaches thoughts on this when we start being really true to ourselves and following what we're passionate about mm -hmm. things open up for us that we never thought possible like, yeah. did you ever see yourself doing this in Puerto Rico and South Africa? For whatever reason, it just like presents itself like, like we couldn't have imagined. And then allowing ourselves to go there lets us enjoy all the fruits of what it really means to pursue something that we love to do. Yeah, I, I actually said that to um, the, um, the, uh, one of the principals of the orchestra um, when we were there in February. And I, I was sitting having breakfast looking out the window at the ocean in this gorgeous sunny place and i said to her i nothing i have ever done in my life should have brought me here <laughs> but here i am <laughs> it's really pretty amazing wow yeah. except the thing that you were doing right then right <laughs> well, <yes. laughs> which is a beautiful thing it's... i feel like i accidentally stumbled into it though which is I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's something I should be excited about or something I should be scared about, but. Um. <laughs> well, well, take us back there then, if, if you would, Melanie, to, to the, the transition period, right? Because oftentimes we hear people's stories, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. And you, what you take away with that this person was doing X and they didn't like it. And now this person's doing Y and they love it. And it's a fantastic transformation story. What really fascinates me is that the part where you were in it, you weren't, you were, you weren't doing the last thing, or you were no, you're moving out of the last thing, but you don't know what you were moving into. Mm -hmm. And you said you stumbled upon it, but like, tell me, like, what are the things? What are the key things that you did? Okay, because it has to be things you did. Right. What What were they that got you to this place in well, in that transition period? Um, I, I thought several years ago, I believe it was in 2013, I first started thinking that um, grant seeking would be something I would enjoy. And that's when I um, took a course with the American Grant Writers Association and um, got my grant writers certification. But it is difficult to um, kind of break into the field. I didn't have any experience. And it's hard to find someone who's willing to give you um, an opportunity to write grants for them when you don't have any experience. Um, so I kind of was in limbo, working in law offices and looking for a way to get into the grant seeking. Um, and what happened is um, I had, my daughter and I had lived in Indiana for a handful of years when she was small. And the um, she started taking cello lessons from um, a, the, the woman who is the VP of the orchestra. They didn't have the orchestra at that time. She was just teaching. She and her husband are both professors of cello at Indiana University's Jacobs School of Music. And um, Kara was in the um, Suzuki program. So Julia started studying 
cello with Kara. And um, we became good friends with Kara and her husband, Emilio. Julia and I moved back to Western New York and we stayed close with Kara and Emilio. And then um, they started this organization. And when they started the organization, I volunteered to help them with the grant seeking. So we started working together on that. And then at that time, I was still working in um, a law office. And the law office I was in um, lost a big chunk of business. Part of their, um, two of their departments left, just walked away to form a boutique law firm. So they lost a big chunk of business. And of course, they couldn't hold on to all their support staff um, as a result. So I was, I lost my job then. And um, I had, um, I'm kind of what New York State classifies as a displaced worker because of my age and the fact that a handful of years ago I was diagnosed with cancer. So I, um, at that point, looking for another job was looking very hopeless. And I, uh, the New York State um, unemployment has a program called the 599 program where they'll pay you unemployment to um, while you finish your degree or get some specialized training or something. And because I was close enough to finishing my degree and I was considered a displaced worker, I was able to get into the program. So I um, finished my degree and then <laughs> took a huge leap of faith and um, formed my LLC. So. Yeah. That's also one of the major principles is that there's nothing guaranteed on these journeys. Like it's, it's always that moment of the leap of faith and pushing through that, that fearfulness of the unknown, right? You have no idea what's going to happen. What's on the other side of that wall. What well, was pretty like, scary for a while. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, the main thing, right? But sitting here today, that's the beautiful part of being able to look back. That's why we want people like you to share your stories because yeah. You, you love your life now, right? There's there's right. so much to yeah. enjoy about it. Mm -hmm. Think about that state that you were in when after that diagnosis. That's that's uh, you know, a, amazing, right? Like the, yeah. the, it's night and day where you were and where you are now. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want people to take away is because there might be people watching this that are in that original state. Mm -hmm. and that it's it's just it's temporal. It's just temporary right now. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going through. But you can keep going and figure out what you want the most. And sometimes those places are the best things for us. Not that I would ever want, you know, obviously any, anything bad like that to happen to anybody or, or diagnosis, but sometimes that is the catalyst to, to kick in our butt into gear to figuring out what we want in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, and it, it's, um, and I was never like when I was first diagnosed, I was, I was stage four and my family was panicking, but I wasn't panicking. I told mm -hmm. them, I'm not going to die. I'm going to get through this. And that's exactly what I did. So, and my doctors are still scratching their heads. <laughs> trying to figure out how I pulled it off. <laughs> so. Amazing. I love the outlook. It's so cool. <laughs> but you coach, you said the word catalyst, and that's exactly the word I was thinking as well. Mm -hmm. it's all of those things together, Melanie, that kind of gave you the, some sort of push, right? Some sort of leverage on yourself to do the things you wanted to do in the first place. Well, I always had a, I always felt like I should be doing something different. I should be doing something more, that there was something 
um, that was a better fit for me out there. But um, going through something like that changes your perspective on everything. And you, I think you realize that um, how, how fragile everything is. And there's no such thing as security. And I, I kind of felt like if I was ever going to do what I really wanted to do in life, I had to, I had to move now or it was never going to happen. So yeah, I think it did. It pushed me in, in just gave me that little shove that I needed to, you know, take a deep breath and dive in. I love that. No such thing as security. Yeah, uh, it really change, isn't. Change of perspectives, right? It's just a fantasy. Like the control element is just a fantasy. It's like, well, we define it for ourselves. Yep. So given that you've been through that and, and people can see the story and take the, the cues from that, what would you offer up for people that, how, how do you create that for yourself? Because all of those perspectives that change are just, they come from you and they're all there in the first place. So how, how do you manufacture that for yourself without having to go through the things that you went through? Um, I, I think you just have to um, understand that there's no, um, there's not a magic, some, some magic formula. There's not some, nobody's going to rescue you. You have to, um, you have to make up your mind that if you want to change your life, you have to be the, um, the agent of that. You can't, you can't sit around and say, well, yeah, I, I really would like things to be different. When is somebody going to make it different for me? Nobody's ever going to make it different for you. You have to make it different for yourself and just take a risk and do it. <laughs> and, and on the, because it was not always smooth sailing, <laughs> um, on the days when it's really, um, really scary and you think, why am I doing this? Maybe I should just give it up and go back to working in a law office. Um, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep putting one foot in front of the other and have a little faith in yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. A, a really cool coach that I used to I used to know. She would say, "You got to participate in your own recovery." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like no one's coming to save you. It, it, it's it's one foot in front of the other, right? And it's knowing like, look. I think that's one of the cool things about coaching, right? It's allowing, guiding people to, to get what they want. And if you can create like a going backwards is painful, staying where you are is painful. The only way to go, the only way to, to move is forwards, then awesome. Like you've won, right? It's, it's, it's going through that and to know that it's a journey and it, there will be points where it's painful. And in fact, oftentimes I've found that coach, look at your thoughts, is that when it is painful, that's actually a good indicator of you going the right way. Right. It's like, it is scary. It's like, ah, <laughs> ah, what? Okay, cool. Interesting. Um, yeah. This is forward. Okay. There is opportunity here. There is something, I don't know what it is. And to actually tie that back all the way to the things that you're doing now. And Melanie, you said, what have I done to deserve being here? It's like, wow. You've, all of those things you just said, that's what you've done. Right. And like the actual representation of it, who knows? Because you, you can't see what's possible until you get to the past the place that you're already at. Right. Amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. And yeah. So just being 
refreshed with that, with, with remembering the journey, right? Because I know so many people who have overcome things and have what they wanted and then they're still not happy, mm -hmm. right? So there's this other element of, of being appreciative of what you have and what you have overcome and remembering that. Because when we change our normal, mm -hmm. it feels like it's been this way forever, right? It just feels like our natural state and we forget all the things that have happened in the past because maybe there's some truth to that, right? There's only the present anyway. And we can talk about, you know, the past and the future, but we only have the present moment. And that, that's where action comes from. And I, I wrote down something like your first moment. Um, you said, this might be something I would enjoy, right? It just started with a thought, oh, that could be something. Well, yeah. what did you do? You followed it up by taking a course. And then just the next steps presented themselves after that. And you couldn't have known that, but it was like a curiosity that turned into something that, that, that like once you brushed away the, the first leaves on the path, then you can see the rest of it. So tell me uh, more about today then. So obviously we have new heights and this might be a good lesson for somebody who's, who's in your stage now of loving life and still driven and want to accomplish so much. So what is your focus on now and how do you keep the balance of where you've been to where you wanna go? Well, um, this is actually a very, this is a, right now I'm in a, I'm still in a really huge transition period because um, my, I have an 18-year-old daughter who is graduating from high school and um, heading off to college at Northeastern in the fall. And I have literally been raising children for 36 years because um, my oldest is 36 years old <laughs> and my daughter's 18. And um, so for me, this is, I, um, I really don't know what I would do. I think I would be very unhappy right now if I were still in a law office because that was not fulfilling and having, I put so much of me into raising my kids and having my daughter, my last one, go off to college. I think I would be very frightened of what was coming next, but um, where I am right now, I just, um, the work is enjoyable and um, excites me. And I think there's a lot more out there for me than what I have in front of me right now. And I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the next, the next phase of my life with, um, with the emancipation that comes from not having a child in the house anymore. And um, so, I don't know, did I answer your question? Yeah, you, you did. And uh, the, the thing that resonated the most with me is that we're, we're, I think we're always in a transition phase. Like we never get to somewhere. I mean, maybe we do, but there's always somewhere more to go and there's always the next step. Yeah. So for you, that's, that's interesting to reflect on the past. I'm like, hey, I wouldn't have been fulfilled if I stayed there. That was the main point. But now it's like, how do you get fulfillment with what you're doing now? And I'm wondering, well, the last time I talked to you, not that you needed any help with uh with sales or connecting with people who needed your services. But if you want to talk a little bit more about your process and why that's important, why that means so much to you, why you get fulfillment out of it, I would like to hear that too. Okay. Um, well, uh, what I like to do is I don't, I, I think when, when you talk about grant seeking, grant writing, people think that um, an organization comes to me and says, we want you to write a grant and I write them a grant and they pay me for it. And then we part ways and never speak to each other again. I don't, what I like to do is build a relationship. I do everything from, from research to find the funding that they need and appropriate funders 
through writing the grants, through um, program evaluation, reporting to the funders, and um, and I like my favorite types of organizations to work with are ones that have um, large projects or growing projects or an ongoing need for funding so that I can really uh, participate in what they do and develop a relationship with them. The longer I work with them, the better I get at what I do, the, the more I understand them and how they function and what they want to accomplish. And the better I get at doing what I need to do for them. And it's to me, it's, um, it's extremely important for me to help them accomplish what they have, their goals, their objectives, what they want to do. Um, and I think it's even it's even more important to me than getting paid, <laughs> which is money's never been a, a good motivator for me. It's nice that I get paid for this, <laughs> but um, I think, like I said, it's the it's even more important to me to see the results of. I think that's why I love the evaluation part so much, because if I was just writing grants and they were getting the funding and saying thank you, that would be great. But um I get to immerse myself in their in the results. I get to see what they accomplish, what I've helped them accomplish, what I've um, enabled them to do. And that's the really rewarding part. So thanks for sharing that. I was thinking while you're talking, well, you know, this is my story as a coach too. The the most fulfilling part for me is that, you know, I don't just work for a company that has a goal and I, I try to achieve it, although that is part of it too. But what I get to do is align myself with all the other goals of the people that I coach and connect with and, and also take some sort of fulfillment out of helping them achieve what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. But then I thought about, well, that's probably the case for everybody. And if there's not that fulfillment or happiness in your role, maybe leaning into that, that portion of it to really align yourselves and connect with the people is what can make it really more more rewarding. At least that's the way I see it. What do you? How do you feel about that, Coach? It's an association to the emotional drive others have that allows us to feel part of it. I shared this with a, a team this morning. I'm working with a really really cool recruitment company team, and we were talking about what why do we why do we share our wins? Why do we share the things that have gone well? Or why do we share the things that we're we're working on? The, and, and the possibilities of getting there. I think it comes from the fact that if we share stuff, it amplifies the feeling, amplifies the experience. And the person that's listening to that and taking it in feels that as well. And you feel it more because you're sharing it. And so I think we, we're, that's why we can achieve more together. And the sum is greater than the parts. I think that's what it is for me. And that's what I see. And I definitely feel that you can, because Melanie, to your point, if you were just writing it and passing it back down, there you go. It's like, that's one thing. That's a service, mm -hmm. but you're really experiencing it. It's like you, you're part of it. Mm -hmm. You're, 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 you're in it. Like you, you're associated to it. You, you know, you're, you're committed to it. And it, it, that's where the fulfillment comes to because you're on the line a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. right? Cause you, if they don't get it, if you don't, if you don't follow through, right. If you don't deliver, you're not going to get all the, they're not going to get the things. And <laughs> right? so on the one hand, it's easy. Right? It's easy to say, I'm just going to write the grant and you off you go but that's easy but that's also that's where there's no fulfillment there or much less fulfillment i think we've i'm very any, emotionally invested in my clients i can see that yeah for sure 
it's fantastic right because that's where like the when we put when we when we're on the edge when we're working to the on the on the on the on the on the right edge on the on the on the cut inside like the part where there's potential for falling off potential for falling over like that's where the most value there is as well right it's like ah just at the edge just that part where i'm pushing it like the end of our comfort zone it's yeah. where life begins yeah so melanie as we wrap up here i'm wondering if there's one principle that either sticks out to you that you embody that might help other people on the journey or you know even if our conversation maybe jostled loose some some things that you had forgotten about is there anything that you're walking away with today that you can share with everybody oh. <laughs> um i i think that it's important um the thing that is resonating for me right now is that sharing with you guys about my work and my clients and what I love about my work, it kind of um, gets me fired up again. I, I, I think it's uh, everybody should, everybody who's excited about their work should share it with somebody because it really, and, and maybe if you've been excited about your work, but you're not so excited about it right now, you need to share it with someone because it reminds you of what you love about it and helps keep you um, connected to it moving forward amazing and i think that's kind of to what coach just spoke about with sharing the wins right and there's a, just another part of the fulfillment that comes with being interconnected and sharing sharing each other's story because when you share your successes melanie it, it helps me it helps coach nick it helps the listeners that's the whole idea of this podcast so thank you for coming on we really appreciate you sharing your story today and i think it's going to help a lot of people well, thank you for having me. Yes, <laughs> uh, Coach Nick and Melanie, any any final uh, parting words today? Yeah, I can't, I can't say it's just the, it's the ripple effect, right? It feels good for you, Melanie. Feels good for us. Mm-hmm. If, think about all the people you're touching that you're in your work already, mm-hmm. and all the people that you have no idea that you're touching because of the work that you're doing, and yeah. it's everything is part of all the organisms together working and and creating the the biggest thing, right? And the my biggest takeaway from what you share was that as a reminder, there is no such thing as security. So yeah. wherever you are listening to this, whatever you're doing, if it's not giving you fulfillment or doesn't have the potential fulfillment, either you got to step up for you, or you got to step out and that's okay as well, because no one's coming to save you. Mm-hmm. I do have one, one other thought that I um, would like to share if you don't mind. And that Please. is um, I never take advice from people who aren't happy. <laughs> if, you, if you're not happy why are you trying to tell me to do things the way you do them <laughs> such a good point and it's another one successfully it's clues right there's other people yeah. that have what we want but just study them or ask some questions and they'll help us along the way so amazing thank you for sharing all right Melanie thank you so much and we'll see you on uh, next week's edition of Truth Seekers Bye.